Welcome to another episode of Comic Talk. It's the show brought to you by The Keeg, where we talk about this week's releases of comic books. For those of you who don't know, new DC comics come out on Tuesdays, new Marvel and indie comics come out on Wednesdays, and we're here on a Thursday, March 17, 2022, to talk about the whole week's comic books. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and I can't do it alone, never will. That's why I brought <laughs> two awesome guests for me, uh, for you guys today. They've been on the show before, so if you've watched this show before, if you've listened to the show before, you know who these guests are. First up, we got Manny Batista. Manny, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I got all my books read, so I'm excited to talk about them. <laughs> uh, we have a new Manny, the other Manny that we got on the show, and now we have two, which is uh, is 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 two Mannies, one Manny too much, Manny. Uh, yeah, the Manny is kind of like Highlander, so I've, I've got to go have a sword fight with the man to see who claims the title. Okay. And you guys are, are you guys roughly in the same area? I'm not sure where the other Manny's from. I don't know. I've, we've talked before, but I don't know if he's, he's in the East Coast. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have to figure it out. Otherwise, it's a long ride, you know, to have to <laughs> defeat him. Nobody ever thinks about that. One, one man, uh, one what what's the highlander uh, thing there can be only one <laughs> there can be only one. Oh, i was thinking lord of the rings one to rule them all. i was like oh i was one manny to rule them all yeah uh but okay cool 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 but i'm glad that we're expanding our mannies because right now we're two for two on mannies which is awesome um we have only one kyle dodson though just one Kyle. That's There's no one, which you would think like there'd be more Kyles reading comics. Yeah, my best friend uh, growing up lived across the street from me, also named Kyle. Also so. read comics too. Yep. We're gonna get him on the show now. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, you guys had a had a good week today. It was kind of a light week as far as the comics that get released, right? Yeah, very light, all things considered. Uh, based on my usual list for the show. Yeah. Uh, normally, I judge it by how much prep I'm doing uh, for the show and, like, how many, like, images I have to download and, like, uh, 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 post up. And then for this, I'm like, oh, I got through it real fast. I'm not complaining, but it was kind of a sparse week. Nice to just cruise through a week of comics, though, sometimes. <laughs> What'd you say? It's nice to just cruise through a week of comics, though, sometimes, not have to, you know, go super in on every single book. I mean, I, I, it was so sparse that I went back and I read, I caught up on some other stuff in order to read some new stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of nice. It's kind of, uh, you know, left us some, some breathing room. Kyle, did you feel I, like it was a, it was a sparse week, too? Yeah, it was, uh, man and I were chatting beforehand. I, we, I felt like, uh. I felt like I was missing something because I like kept like looking at lists on yeah. my phone while I was at the shop. Like, um, am I missing stuff? But yeah. no, um, yeah, it was, but I, I think the quality was pretty much like a good percentage. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, so that, that was, I was happy about it. It wasn't like a, a week of junk. Yeah. What we were talking about, like, uh, you know, uh, right before the show started is is kind of like it seemed like a fifth week. And 
uh, for, for viewers or listeners out there. Well, first thing, if for viewers and listeners out there, if you're watching us, you're watching us on the live stream, we are living, uh, live streaming to volume.com slash The Keeg Show, twitch.tv slash The Keeg Show, and uh, uh, YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash The Keeg. Now, uh, if you're listening to us, you're listening to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. We're all over the place. Look up The Keeg uh, wherever you get your podcast. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, Every series roughly comes out once a month. Every comic series. Batman comes out once a month. Detective Comics come out once a month. X-Men comes out once a month for the most part. And the way that these publishers like Marvel and DC do it is they split their whole months of comics into four. Let's just say if there's four release days, you know, uh, four weeks in that month, they split it by four, they release them. But sometimes what happens in like a, fifth oh oh a month with a fifth week so like a fifth tuesday or a fifth wednesday it tends to be you know not as not as uh heavy right and so this one i mean it's the 17th so it would have come out on a 15th and 16th it seems like a fifth week and it isn't yeah which is weird weird. is there a fifth week in this month there is the 30th that's why so maybe they were like Maybe they'll they'll have a heavy fifth week. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a business decision. Like they always it always dips in the middle of the month anyway. So you might as well just release less that week. And you know, if people are just picking up their comics at the end of the month or right beginning of the month or something like that. But why isn't know. the slow week the fifth week for this month? Why is it the third week? I don't know. Huh. Weird, yeah. that, it's weird. Uh, it has to be money related. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, the only uh, thing that motivates anything. Yeah, we got a, we got a, we got Adele out there on volume. We have Aries out there on volume watching. Adele says payday. Could it have to do with pay? But like on other five week months, the fifth week is the slowest. But in this five yeah. week month, the third week is slow. Who knows? I mean, I'm assuming the fifth week won't be slow this month. But who knows? Maybe and, it's and. And Marvel was way lighter than DC this week, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the DC like kind of seemed like, like a similar amount. Yeah, but yeah. the mm. the Marvel was very light. The DC felt a little lighter too. Now that yeah. I'm looking at the, the DC's list. lighter. I would challenge. I would challenge that and say I because DC was but, heavier last week than heavier the week before. So. Um, now this was mostly indies this week, so that's interesting. Yeah, that you guys both read before. indies this week, right? I didn't read any indies this week. Oh, no? No. But Manny did. I read, yeah, quite a few, actually. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good week for indies, you know? Mm-hmm. Somebody goes in the comic shop, they realize, oh, you know, like, there are some good comics out this week. But, uh, you know, they, they were like, oh, let's try an indie. Maybe there's, you know, I got a little bit extra cash. Let's throw it I out hope an indie. I the case. You know? Some good indie stuff that came out this week. So I hope yeah. people decided to go out of their comfort zone for a little bit. Yeah. Um, a, a good amount of comics came out this week. I want to I want to run down a couple of them. Batman the Night Three Detective Comics came out. Flash Justice League Nightwing. These are all DC comics because I have them written in order. Nightwing World's Finest number one, and then Wonder Woman that ties in with Trial of the Amazons. On Marvel's side, we have uh, Avengers Fifty Four Carnage number one. That's a big one. Uh, Amazing Spider Man ninety two, which I have some thoughts about. We'll get to that. X Lives of Wolverine number five uh reckoning war trial of the watcher eternals the heretic number one there was what like six titles off of marvel this week jesus 
Yeah. I mean, roughly, maybe I'm missing some ones that I didn't include because I didn't read them, but you know. And then Indies, we got Homesick Pilots, we got Rain, Slumber, Stillwater, Time Before Time, The Silver Coin, and What's the Furthest Place from Home. Obviously, we have other indie comics, but that's what we, you know, what we've read, um, perhaps. And so I want to ask you guys what your pick of the week is. Out of the, uh, you know, relatively sparse week that is week three, what was your pick of the week? So I was super in between two books this week. Like I was, uh, but I think Slumber Number One edged the other one out. Really? Like this much. Yeah. Uh, because it surprised me and I wasn't expecting to have as much fun with it as I did. Uh, so Slumber is about a woman who goes into people's dreams and kills their nightmares. Like literally murders their nightmares. Uh, we follow her as she's on the case of a a serial killer who is going inside people's dreams and causing them to sleepwalk and kill whoever's near them with a very specific MO. Mm. Uh, that sounds like a very, very serious and very, very intense story, and it can be, but because we're talking about dreams, all the dreams that she goes into in this issue are absolutely wild, like fighting the zombie beetles or, you know, that terrifying dream clown that we've all seen. Or maybe just me. Is it because uh, these these are all like nightmares she's going into? Yeah, they're all nightmares, or and like you know, people's nightmares are weird. Uh, so this book does a lot with its like with its dream concept, with uh, it a lot more than just sort of a typical like we're going into somebody's nightmare and it's like all horror. Uh, they right. do a lot of weird and out of the box stuff here, which uh, really impressed me. And uh, uh, Again, I ended up liking it a lot more than I expected to. I was going to skip this, but then I saw uh, Michael Mead for the Love of Comics recommended on his page, and I was uh -huh. like, I might as well uh, check that out. And uh, totally worth it. 100%. Uh, definitely, I think people should start picking this one up. It's looking like it's going to be good. Okay. I What I like about this show and just the comic book community and whatnot is, like, we really, like, recommend things to each other. And, like, it's super cool the way that kind of works. Uh, cause there's titles that like, like, like when we talk about on comic talk, I'm like, I would never have given this title a shot is slumber. Number one, like a, an indie book that I really should be spending my time on. Yeah. I think it's a, if I think it's at least worth reading the first issue. And if you like the first issue, I would say like, you know, continue. Cause I definitely want to continue, but, uh, yeah, I think it's at least worth picking up this issue one. Okay. All right. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm bummed I missed that on the shelf. I'm, I'm going to have to go pick that up this weekend. That sounds awesome. Good stuff. Um, Kyle, wait, so Manny, that was your pick of the week? That one? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm very interested on in what your second pick is, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. Kyle, what I, is I was, your pick of the week? I was between two, but I think my last like three times on the show, I picked Nightwing as my pick of the week. I mean, it's so times. solid. It is so solid, oh, but man. I read, but I'm going to defer to, uh, I even think if this was a full week, this would still be my pick of the week would be Batman Superman World's Finest number one. It, it was, was just so yeah. good. It was, it, there hasn't been a Batman Superman comic that has grabbed me like that since like. Public Enemies? Yeah, I was gonna say Jeff Loeb and Epic yeah. run. Like 
this every other one feels like eh, this was so much fun the art was fantastic the story was great it had like the, all those little moments but uh that like it had moments we have it it's not like anything super new except like one part in it but for the most part it was it was really great what was the moment that was super new the I think the newest part was them like injecting like red kryptonite into Superman yeah. and showing his like unst unstableness from yeah. it. Um, that was like a newer concept. But I mean, we've seen, you know, in Hush, we've seen Poison Ivy in Metropolis. You know, we've seen the, right. the Metallo fighting with Batman and Superman. So um, but still, I thought it was really great. The only thing. I think the only part I was disappointed in is it almost feels like they're doing what they do with every single comic in DC is like they tease Darkseid and we're supposed to be like, oh my God, who is that? And they do that every every week. Like there were like yeah. people with horns. So I'm hoping that's not them. Like I hope it's a, either a new person or someone out of the box. Um, but like that was like the only vibe I got from, from that part. I'm trying to think like of when little... they tease Darkseid. They tease like a, there's like a silhouette of like someone with like big horns. So like a Steppenwolf or any oh, of those. That's what I thought it was. Gods. I thought it was Steppenwolf too. Yeah. So like. Did we all read yeah. World's Finest number one? Yes. Okay. That was the other book that I was in between for pick of the week. Oh, that's fair. Uh, World's Finest, like, it's funny that, we, uh, you know, Public Enemies is the last time I think World's Finest had like a, a punch to it, right? Because uh, they've tried bringing Superman, Batman kind of related stuff back, but I don't know. Never yeah. really quite hit. I know this why. Oh, go oh, ahead. Yeah. No, no. I, I was going to say, this just felt like, I mean, with the Doom Patrol in it, like adding that weird element of it's not just Batman, Superman. It feels like it's in the DC universe. Right. Like, yeah. But go ahead. Well, I want to hear this reasoning. <laughs> uh, I think that for me, why this works so much better than let's say the james tynan i think or no the joshua williamson batman superman from not too long ago or even the new 52 one is that they feel so authentically like friends and not like people at each other's throat one second right and friends the next second which is very much the relationship with bet with that we gotten for batman and superman for a long long time and because we have mark wade on this book who is like the king of that like wholesome feeling that you get when you read DC comics, right? Yeah. Uh, he totally nails the fact that like they're boys, man. And they've been boys for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's like the, the, the one scene that's like obvious in here is when, you know, uh, is it a Superman saves Batman in the past? And he's like, we, we don't know each other that well, but yeah, we, we've got each other's back. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think setting this in a, uh, like, in the Silver Age, but not this in, like, the modern version of the Silver Age. You know what I mean? Yeah. I heard, so I mean, that, somebody once uh, said that, like, Mark Wade kind of specializes in modernizing Silver Age stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this feels uh, in the same vein as his, like, Green Lantern and Fra Flash miniseries from, like, a couple of years ago, where he is taking the core of uh the, the core of these two people which is their friendship and making stories that like making fun stories with it also uh seeing dick grayson back as robin was a lot of fun because yeah it's something that, you know we don't get to see very often right uh, uh is it safe to assume that the they're both in the flashback and the modern time it's still dick grayson as robin 
Was that what I was gathering? I think because... Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I think so. I mean, the everyone's costume looked almost identical in the flashback. Right, the short shorts. And, I know the short shorts. Yeah, so like... It like was, he has a different costume in the modern time one, or quote-unquote modern yeah. time. Yeah, oh, I guess I mean, like, his hair was the same, his cape was similar, like, so I think... I think it was this the same. Okay. I think it was like That's maybe like a year or two beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 on the same page with that. Although uh I think it's interesting that because the new fifty-two is the first time we got the retcon that Dick Grayson wore pants as Robin because that never happened. Uh <laughs> right. I guess right. it was actually Nightwing Year One that did that. The tail end of Nightwing Year One retcon that he had pants. Uh Okay. You're saying that it's he was short in sh- like his his undies for most of that time. I like for these; they're kind of like Literally boxer briefs. Yeah, <laughs> they, they changed it to boxer briefs, and this is the best version of Dick Grayson had pants as as Robin. I think this design because you don't lose the the sort of fun and hokiness of that original Robin design. Right. Uh, because very often when they give Robin pants, it becomes like tactical, right? Right. Uh, but that that's not the case in this book. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's still, like, he just, like, is wearing, like, you know... Short uh, shorts. Yeah. Or yeah. But even in, in, like, the modern stuff where he's wearing pants, right, it's literally just that same outfit, but they color the leg part of it. Right. You know, he's still got the pixie boots. He's still got the... Right. The the uh, the, 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 the tunic tuft under the, the belt and things like that. Right. I, I don't want Dick Grayson's Robin costume to look too, too cool. It should Absolutely. look spandexy acrobatic kind of yeah, you know circus exactly. performer uh other but sometimes like in it even in this book in world's finest um his modern or quote-unquote later costume right is cool too cool like it just looks too nice i think this is good in this book specifically i think just that's because that that's just because dan mora draws everything to look cool yeah da- like, i looked up yeah. his other art like He's really good. Dan Mora yeah. is so good, man. If you've ever read Klaus that uh, that he do with uh, Graham Morrison, mm. oh my god! I think I read it's, issue one of it. it. It's so cool to see him like with Mark Way doing this like very classic feeling DC story. I'm I love this book, and uh, this is one that I would like even if you're not like a like super big into Batman or Superman right now, but if you like DC. This is one that you can give to like anyone and be like, this is a fun thing that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see Batman and Superman together. It really is. Especially because Superman, Batman, Superman, or Superman, Batman, Public Enemies was a big book for me growing up. Like, yeah. I, I think I was in high school at the time and uh, it came out and I loved the art and I loved the story and it was like super important to me. Yeah, there we go. I- I have this on Wait, my wall. Uh, sorry, let me let me switch back to the main screen so you know anyone out there can see it. Is uh, it I have signed this on my wall? Yeah, it's signed by uh, Ed McGinnis because this is the first comic I ever bought myself. Uh, so that's a that's a that's great first purchase, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I that's read awesome. I read that book uh, in single issues when there's a mall nearby. Brea Mall had a Walden Books. Or mm-hmm. a Borders Express, I think it was a Walden Books, then it was a Borders Express that like had a, a, a comic rack when I was in high school. And that's where I got my like ultimate X-Men and stuff from. 
And like, uh, that's where I once picked up a girl at the Borders Express. Uh, and then now she's a friend. And like, we, you know, like, interesting. Anyway, point being is, uh, that sounds like a humble brag, but it's mostly about the impact of a Borders Express. It's mostly <laughs> about that. Um, but uh, so, yeah, Superman, Batman, uh, Public Enemies was like a big one. So, Manny, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, World's, Finest is, uh, World's Finest was good. I'm glad that you guys chose those. Yeah, I almost um, didn't pick it because of the lat, like, like we said, like the most recent ones have just not been great. Yeah. And I would like the the art was really what hooked me when I was like flipping through it. I was like, oh, this art looks cool. And then when I read it, I was like, oh, this is my pick of the week easily. Like right. I I think that like what I realized, like, what am I looking for in a world's finest book? I don't like world's finest books that like automatically jump into the multiverse. It's just really the multiverse I think is overplayed. So it's like, do I want like world's finest number one to just be like uh batman and superman are like i don't want it to be like batman and superman are stuck in time batman and superman are on another world it's like just like start off like public enemies did with some high stakes thing that's cool but like it's still the ground floor yeah and then you can kind of build off of there you know you're kind of right every single other one started off pretty immediately with multiverse stuff the new 52 one definitely did and the recent one started off with what is it uh uh with uh that the the Batman who laughs and that, oh yeah the moment that I saw that I was like oh next yeah so I gave up on it I was like eh, what's the yeah. point uh because mostly I feel like they're doing that because they're like well, they're afraid to tell a story about Batman and Superman being boys being friends yeah being being friends their relationship but yeah like, I will mm-hmm. yeah I want to see them like shake hands at the like in a flashback at the first issue like I don't want that to be the last issue of the run they finally are like now exactly. we're friends like right. i already be friends right and then build upon that that's why yeah. one of the best uh 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 batman um what was the book with the double date uh uh it was, was it tom it was, it was tom taylor called right? double date yeah no it wasn't yeah. tom taylor uh, it was tom king. tom king tom king tom king in rebirth yeah um that was like one of the best issues ever was the double date between uh mm-hmm. bruce selena lois and clark 100 percent agree because, you know, that's kind of what we're looking And DC is learning from that, right? I feel. Hmm. Like, they're starting to learn that, like, oh, yeah, maybe we should have people that like each other. Because how do how are fans going to like all these characters if these characters don't even like each other? It's, like, crazy to me that, like, that's a thing that they have to, like, learn. Because that was DC for, like, the whole time until the New 52. Right. That was DC. Look, again... They they have like parties whenever anybody did anything. There's like a the, the fact that we we have to like go back and learn this stuff blows my mind because this right. was like Marvel's problem for the longest time was that all the superheroes like hated each other or were totally indifferent to each other versus DC where they were all like they all like hung out on weekends together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where is this book that I'm looking for? Uh, I have the or I had no I, I still probably have it somewhere. Justice League. Uh, Justice Society Thanksgiving. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, where they fight the seven deadly sins. And uh, it's like, yeah, oh, why are two teams that like each other? You know, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. But 
that's I think what we realized even in the 90s when everything was kind of edgy and whatever the heroes still liked each other we had death of Superman but like people went to his funeral you know yeah. like people were inspired by Superman and Superman died and then in the 2000s it shifted away from that into everybody hates everybody I guess like identity crisis was maybe the but before yeah. even the new 52 was the point where you were like oh i'd say yeah but i like identity crisis personally because it made sense like it made sense to me why batman's paranoid like it kind of retconned that in i don't like how blase they are with with sue dibney um yeah and how it's just like ah let's just throw her under the bus essentially fridging her right like, let's mm-hmm. just do that in order to, we want to see how sad Ralph is, so we'll kill <laughs> Sue. And that'll be our poignant uh, moment of emotion. It's like, uh... Also, I my problem is, like, Dr. Light clearly had some sort of plan. He was like, I'm going to go up to the watchtower and either, st- like, steal information, steal weapons, use the big space laser cannon any number of things that he just sees Sue Dibney, he's like, plan thrown out the window. Right. <laughs> this makes zero sense. Right. It, uh, I don't know what his plan was. It was, uh, <laughs> it, it I have wasn't. mixed emotions it, about it that. It wasn't that. It certainly wasn't that. That was not the plan. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't, I have mixed emotions about that. And it, it's different as a guy. I, uh, because, I, like, I don't know, but. I like parts of that story, and I don't like it as a whole. Yeah, like, I'm on the same huge... page as you, Kyle. Yeah. yeah, I like it as I like the idea of a superhero detective story where all the superheroes <laughs> like chime in. But I don't like the way that I that it played out, and that it was like all like angst and darkness for the sake of angst and darkness and that's all it felt like yeah and i don't even mind um ralph being super like i don't mind taking him out of his element of being he's a great detective and now he has this emotional tie to it so he's kind of making mistakes as he goes yeah but it just like that kind of gets buried at a certain point to him just being like an edgelord or like a sad sad emo man both, both companies are kind of making some better decisions uh as of recently and, and i mean you see the ebb and flow of comics right you see the darker points and the lighter points like as you look over comic book history and their continuity and like you know uh but now we're kind of coming into a place where like maybe there's an equilibrium we can hope batman can be dark but also be capable of love that's important um I'm going to say my pick, I wanted to look at Marvel right now and be like, well, you guys picked uh, DC books, right? No, 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 no. Manny picked uh, 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 Slumber. Uh, uh, Kyle picked World's Finest. Uh, I wish I could have picked Marvel, but I don't think that any of the Marvels stood out. I think they were good, but like not the same way as Batman the Night 3. Uh, did you guys read that one? Yeah, I read that one. That's my pick of the week. Uh, mostly because I went back and I read one and two, and then I read this third one. And would it have hit as much? I don't know. You guys were you guys reading it week to week? Yeah, I read two, and then I went back and 
or no, uh, I came in and read one and two back to back. That's okay. what I did. And then so I read this one. Those ones hit harder for me than this new one. This new one felt like it was half of an issue. Okay. And then I saw at the top where it was like three of 10. And I was like, oh, this probably should have been like a six mm. issue series. I agree. Like, I, I feel like this is a filler episode. Yeah. A filler issue. I'm loving it, personally. I'm cool with a 10-issue thing. It's weird, 10 issues versus 12, because, like, a lot of these titles have gotten 12 issues, like the mm -hmm. series. Uh, but, uh, and maybe I'm, I'm a little skewed because I essentially read one, two, three, back to back to back. Um, but I'm liking it. I'm thinking, like, I, this is, I mean, I recommend this to any new reader who, let's just say, just watch The Batman. And they're like, mm -hmm. this is that type of thing where it's three issues of Batman after his parents are dead as a young adult, but before he becomes Batman and gets inspired to do that. He knows kind of what he wants to do and he goes and travels the world and trains. That's Batman the Knight. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it is cool. I, I enjoy it a lot. I just felt like this issue wasn't as, as much happening yeah. versus the other ones. Yeah. My... Yeah. I agree, and I think I think the end was like pretty effective. You know that that, that mm -hmm. Alfred uh, hearing the message on the phone. Uh, I thought that I thought that hit pretty hard, but I I agree with you where I think that you could have like cut the actual stuff that happened in this issue down, and I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Particularly like I really don't care about that serial killer thing, right? I feel like we could spend a lot less time focusing on that, and that could have just been we could have had that time like, focused on. Either less, either less time or like make it the A story because it's this weird like middle of like it's not even the B story it's just like half and half sort yeah. of thing and it's it's weird it's not uh, it's very strange but I, the like I uh, I like the Drew Card part oh Henry cool. du Henry Ducard yeah yeah he's coming in looking like a badass just like yeah I didn't. I never knew of Henry Ducard as a badass. I knew him as a detective, right? Like a, like he was, he's a French detective, but like, I didn't uh, know he was like a badass badass. I only know him as like, he's like the fake Ra's al Ghul. Oh, okay. Not really. From Batman Begins. Yeah. That's yeah. what I know him as mostly. Um, I had the DK encyclopedias growing up of like Batman one, well, Spider-Man one, too. whatever. And so it did mention in that, that's like my first time. I, I don't know whether I've ever read anything with Henry Ducard in it, other than, uh, but I remember rereading that encyclopedia entry over and over again <laughs> as a kid. Um, but like, I, it never said anything about him being a badass, just that he was like a really good detective, and that's where Batman trained. Tom Taylor did a story with Henry Ducard recently, like a mini series. Uh, I think it's Batman the Detective. Mm. Uh, and, and, and this feels very similar to his portrayal in that, which was a detective, maybe a thief, but a guy who gets stuff done. Mm -hmm. He's like uh, a like a Mike Ehrman trout from Breaking Bad. <laughs> Would it be crazy to do a Henry Ducard TV show that was just about this character that nobody knew from DC Comics, but then he just kind of lives in that world? They do. It's called Pennyworth. They just changed his <laughs> name to Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> Is Pennyworth worth it? I don't know. I've never watched it. It's on HBO it's Max now, but I don't know. 
I don't think anybody looked at that show and went like, yes, that's a must watch. Well, it was also on Stars. That That's uh, also or, why. Or Epics right? or whatever. Or it was Epics. like, it's on, so- You're right. It's on something on that stars. people don't know how to get. Like, well, I don't even know what Epics is. Yeah, it probably doesn't even exist anymore. It's like, uh, what was the Quibi? What was the, what was, yeah. Is it, was it Quibi that like came and went yeah. real quick? Yeah. So bad. So bad. Like Reno had like a new season on Quibi. And that I think that was like the the big name thing was Reno 911 on Quibi. Yeah. And then Quibi shut down. And Reno is now on Paramount. Paramount mm-hmm. Plus. So all right. Um, but yeah, so maybe I'm I'm judging Batman the Night Three off of the three issues as opposed to the one issue, which is issue three that came out this week. But you know, it is what it is. It's definitely good. It's yeah. definitely worth the read. I'm not saying yeah. not read it. Like uh, you think they'll do two collected editions or one? Oh, two. Like they're Bill's gonna they're better. gonna they're gonna do three. They're gonna do a volume one, volume two, and then a full. Oh, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought you were gonna say they're gonna do three. Like they're gonna do a a three issue, a three issue, and a four issue uh, or something. I mean, oh. let's let's up. We're gonna get two hardcovers and then a paperback of the whole thing. Yeah. Do they release the hardcovers first? Usually, yeah. no. They've been really annoying about it too. Mm. <laughs> uh do you guys pay attention to that i don't pay attention to it i just like sometimes i'm like yeah i wonder what's available now and i'm like look it up i'm not like waiting on bated breath for it to come out the the things i like wait for is stuff that i'm like i like missed like so i'm uh gotta pick up the nightwing trade yeah with like the few issues i missed Um, oh that's fair i like my trades and I, I mean, I see, I obviously, M- Manny does, as you can I see. Hate trades. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's easier for me. Like, if I'm going to reread something, I'm going to reread the trade. I'm not going to go in my bo- long box and pull out each issue out of its thing right. and then get my white gloves out and go in my right clean room and turn it with tweezers. I, I realize <laughs> that, like, when I look on my shelf that I have trades I've never read before, and I don't know what I'm waiting for. I think everybody does, man. I think everybody's just got that infinite backlog. I mean, I haven't read everything that I have. Or you're you're yeah. like, oh, I liked volume one of this. I I have to get two, three, and four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's or, like, or, or you're at one of those, or you're at a like a comic book convention. You see that like that those I forget what the the company is, but they always have like a big thing, and it's always like you get five trades for the price of four and you have three that you like that you definitely want to get. And then you're like, uh, what are the other two I need to get? Yeah. I've, I've been to comic cons where, where you see all those tables, right? There's like, it's different shops that have like a bunch of trades uh, and they're, they're on sale. And I will be like, Oh no, I don't remember what books I have anymore. And so I'll like, like back when my sister lived uh, 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 here, I would text my sister and be like, go into my room right now. Can you take a picture of my shelf? And she's like, I can't do that right now. I'm like, uh, but I'm here. I don't, uh. And so like, then I end up like sometimes getting doubles and I'm like, you're right. I do have that. I just haven't read it yet. So now I have doubles. Anyway, WonderCon is coming up and I have to think of that. So I think I'm going to make an Excel spreadsheet. Nerd. I, I usually I, I usually keep a list of if I, especially if I have an ongoing thing I usually keep a list of like oh I need volume three of this or oh, yeah, volume yeah. three onward yeah 
but like, but like this is what I should look for. But I've I've bought doubles too. I think I, yeah, th- that also happens. I have a double of Justice League versus Suicide Squad, which I have read, but I ended up buying the hardcover and the trade paperback for some reason accidentally because I forgot I had it. And then I'm like, okay, I'll keep the hardcover. I got to figure out what to do. Oh, I know what I'll do. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll go over that at the end of the show because we got some stuff coming up for the key. Um, let's talk more about the, the issues that came out this week. Uh, anything from Marvel that stuck out to you guys? Uh, I, read, I read The Amazing Spider-Man because I don't like myself. But uh, <laughs> no, this was the first one I've enjoyed. Like, it was, it, the yeah. Re- the reason I got it was because uh, Monica's on the cover. Yeah. And I like her. I like Next Wave. And it just happened to have a little bit of a Next Wave connection in it. Yeah. Which was fun because Machine Man guest stars. And it was more just them like hanging out and doing stuff. Right. Uh, which was fun. Um, th- what's weird is, okay, so Amazing Spider-Man comes out once a week, roughly, right? And, but they've been doubling up on numbers by giving us a Beyond Edition tie-in, right? Yeah, and I hate that Beyond logo, if we're going to be, it's so generic looking. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. It's like Beyond and then with like a little, like a, a swirl above it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, like, it's weird though. It's like, there was issue 92 last week and this is issue 92 B E Y, which is beyond. Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Beyonce issue. Yeah. Last last week's issue sucked by the way. This issue was good. Okay. Yeah. This one was really good. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. And when I'm looking at these numbering things, I know, they can barely keep the regular sequential numbers correct on the Marvel Unlimited app. So this is going to be a disaster when these hit the app. It's, it's going to be unreadable. Right. Right. The, the, cause you're going to have what you're going to have, like what you're going to have like a run of regular numbers. And then at the bottom, you're going to have like 92 dot B Y. I don't know if you do it alphabetically, if you do it it alphabetically, it might put the B. Oh, maybe it, maybe it will. Essentially. Right. I just know now, like I, I read Ultimate Spider-Man and there was stuff that was out of order and it was like 16 was after six and like, um, oh. it was a mess. Oh, it was that a is disaster. A what does, what does get out of order is lists that include annuals. Cause you would think the annuals would, they, they should put it in the chronological list. Yes. Where it's I don't know why it goes, but no, it's like a numbered list and then it's annual one, two, three, four. And it's like, ah, no. And then I have to click on it to see what the day and month release was. Mm. Cause sometimes they don't release the annuals annually, depending yeah. on like big events or anything. So it might be October. It might be August. Right. It's just like, as long as they get one, like, one a year. Yeah. They're like, remember when Rhino killed that guy? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, the annual. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they got to do better with their list. I, uh, I went to Barnes and Noble and I harassed some people, not, not actually harassed, but like, uh, enough to tell a story about. So I, uh, I went up to the, to the concierge desk or whatever they are. And I was like, Hey, um, just wanted to know who does, who organizes the comics, uh, the, 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 in the, in the comic section. And so like, I was nice about it. I wasn't a dick about it. I was like, like, I'm like, uh, I'm like, it's not a complaint. I'm not complaining or anything. I just wanted to know, like, who, because I, I like comics. I was wondering who who does that. And they're like, uh, 
that like Barnes and Noble's corporate essentially like tells them the order. And, and I was like, okay, because I noticed that there were some things that are, are, you know, kind of out of order and that it might be better to put like some in certain ways. And they're like, yeah, we just don't have anyone here who like knows how to do that. And I was like, I wanted to be like, I will work for free just to put these in goddamn order. Because like, for instance, anything Dawn of X, like all your X-Men should be at the end. But Dawn of X versus like Reign of X versus Sword of X, now one's in the D, one's in the R's, one's in the S's. And I'm like, any new reader or a prospective reader, a kid even, give them a chronological thing. Give them a... Hear me out. That's not on the bookstore. That's on the company to label their trades properly. I have very strong feelings about that. Do you think it should be X-Men, Dawn of X, X-Men, Reign of X, X-Men, Swords of X? It is on the company to label their trades in a way that's going to be easy for any consumer to know what that is by the spine. I have very strong feelings about how both companies are terrible at this. DC is now putting the numbering not on the spine, but on the inside, like on the back inside cover like so for example i'm not going to pull out one that has it but i'll give you an example so let's say by the way i've been i've been oh sorry no you continue that's my fault see how the numbers here yeah right yes for a dc trade it wouldn't be here it wouldn't be here either it would be over here that's so when you you have to pull the whole thing out that's all the way out it's the most ridiculous thing it it bothers me when like the number will be like at the bottom and it'll be like one two and then they'll change it for three so three will be like up at the top oh. and then they'll change it back and then four is back but then they don't release a three with it at the bottom like this yes it that irritates me so much two three and then four up here it's fine if you change the comics logo just put the four it's, at the bottom why yeah, is it at the it's because they have yeah. shelves they have shelves with these on them at the place and no yeah. one's like that looks stupid uh, a, I think that's the least of their worries. I feel like that's I feel, true. You know, I, I think Manny uh, is bringing up a good point. Is like, uh, uh, and I'm sure you know we all we've all talked about it before. Just new readers, right? Knowing where to to do this. Like, what's the difference between you know, like a Teen Titans run here versus a Teen Titans run there? And I and I don't know. I don't think there's an official listing like way of doing things, but the way we call them are like runs right or is that kind of mm-hmm. so there's like four runs of teen titans you got you know and then it's also like what does a volume mean because normally the number on the side is volume which is a specific like there's multiple volumes per run but some people consider runs volumes and this is book one book two book three i have an i have a theory i think that part of it uh, part of the reason why we're removing numbering or removing like visible numbering for a lot of things or being annoying about it is because companies want you to be able to pick up something thinking that you can read it standalone. Very often you can't, obviously, right? Uh, but I think we, I think they remove numbering specifically to try to make it less intimidating for new readers. For example, uh, Flash Year One, which was part, which was like 100% part of Flash Williamson's Flash Run. Yeah, or Josh Williamson's Flash Williamson. Yeah, Flash Williamson's Flash Run. Yeah, yeah, that's like part of his Flash Run. Flash Williamson's Run, the Josh. Yes, the Josh. (laughs) Uh, But that's like a fundamental part of his run, right? And like it's it's in the middle. It's like numbers, whatever through whatever. They don't label it as that. They label it as just Flash Year One. Uh, 
so maybe there's a good way to do it where you label it in a way that isn't noticeable unless you're looking for it. So maybe save that back corner for run two, volume three, and then on the spine, it just says three as it does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give me give me a volume number on the spine, though, 100%. Don't, like, also, that means, for example, if I am a trade reader for something like Justice League, if I want to if I want to find the next trade that I'm reading, I have to do this. And as a as a bookstore worker for a long time, it would kill me to see somebody do this. Nope. Nope. I, it'd be the same if you worked at a retail place and you had to unfold the shirt and look at the back bottom to see the exactly. size. Exactly. Yes. Like it's mm. it's yeah. so stupid. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the easiest thing to do would be like whatever, like then let's do, use Nightwing, for example, like the Nightwing run, you have the Nightwing logo at the bottom and it's blue, it's one, two, three, and then it's a red, four, like four, five, six, you know what I mean? Like just change the, either the logo color or some, some color denominator or something or a symbol or whatever. So, you, you know, see, Kyle, they'll do that, except they'll do that for the same run. Yeah. Rebirth did that so much when we had the blue and the white spines and we were like, oh, I get that. That is the Rebirth run. But then they transitioned to black spines. And now you would think, okay, this black spine denominates that this is a new story or this is a new writer on this book. But no, it's the same writer. It's in the same series. The spine just looks completely different. It's the different initiative, right? Is that kind no, of what not, Yeah, kind of a different initiative. Like they did that for the New 52, like slashing it from dc the new 52 to dc y-o-u uh oh yeah so those are the, where, those are what's called initiatives right yeah right okay don't don't label your trades like that if a writer is continuing on that series the same way keep the trade dress the same don't confuse your new reader because if i see five on this thing if i see six on this thing your average reader is not paying attention to who's writing it who's doing the art you're not doing that yeah. So you're just like, oh, the next one is clearly, but that looks like a different thing than the one that I'm reading. I have very strong feelings about this. Again, I worked in comic retail for a very long time. So I know like exactly all of the things that people do when they want to find a new book and can't. And it's like so infuriating to me. And it's, it's, e I think it's easier when, I think the easier, if, if they were only ever sold in comic book stores, they weren't in Barnes and Noble and thing, I think. It, I think it would be easier because you'd be like, well, at least someone here would know or can ask or figure or like knows where to look it up versus at Barnes and Noble. Like you didn't, they don't even know who organizes it. They're like, I guess corporate, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's like, and that's not on, that's not like their fault. They just yeah. don't have someone there. So it's like yeah. a lot of places, like I know when in my hometown, there's no comic book store because it's like super small, but there is like a Barnes and Noble nearby. So like that's where I would have to get all my yeah. like trades as a kid, and like I didn't know, and like I would have to like look stuff up or like, but but when you're a kid too, you're like this is my like a week is so long, you're like this is my one chance to get this here, and I don't know if this is the right thing or like uh, I have to save up again for the right one. So yeah. it's like it's just hard. Uh, so basically, um, I don't know what hometown uh, you're from, uh, but like I'm from Fullerton in California, Southern California, Orange County. Um, there are like uh, seven comic book stores within like a 10 mile radius of me, um, at least. And there's a lot, there's three in Fullerton alone, which I think is too much. It's way too much. But uh, 
parents are more likely to take their kids to bookstores and then mm-hmm. the kids find their comics at the bookstores because my mom wouldn't take me to a comic book store she took me to a bookstore and i went and read the comics and she didn't have a problem with that but that, that way she's checking out her books i'm checking out mine yeah. she'll take me to the Thank library you. right because that's an all but comic books are so up. niche like what are you know and also you have a you had, you said you had a sister so i assume yeah. like too it's like oh i'll kill two birds with one stone like we don't and, have to go and to we'll two kill separate... both the kids wait what <laughs> we don't have to go to two separate stores yeah we can go to one store Right, Dimitri can find his comics. Right, my sister can get whatever right. she wants, and like, you know, it's one errand versus you're out all day. Right, and book a more. I had a, I had a younger brother, so. Wait, what'd you say? I had a younger brother, so I know yeah. exactly. Like it was yeah. like brick know. and mortar stores, though, are important, but those stores yes. aren't specialized for comics. So that when they have comics, those people don't know it, and I get it. I get how that works. Comic books, uh, so like you can't always go to the comic book store. You know, also like parents, depending on how cool the parents are, parents, you know, if they're not that cool, like they're not just not going to want to go to a comic book store. They're just not going to want to do it. Like, what are they going to do for 20 minutes while this kid just runs around and like looks at things? I see yeah. parents have to suffer through it. Yeah, they don't want to. Be yeah, there. my parents, were, my parents were just like, eh, no, never no, mind. Eh, we're fine. <laughs> you know, uh, that, like all my, my parents comic- were like, you beat me in Sears or like wherever we went. <laughs> yeah. like yeah like, yeah yeah. i'll be over oh especially when, when like done. kids can have phones now like back in the day like if, if I, you know i didn't have a phone like they're not gonna let me just be on my own over there so they gotta go with me so it's like all right so uh point is important like bookstores are just as important as comic book stores when it comes to the growth of comics um you know but we can only do so much or they can only do so much um uh uh, oh, what I was saying about Amazing Spider-Man is that uh, this was a better ending to this run than the previous issue. Okay. Because this had actual epilogues at the end. The final... The... It, it had too many epilogues, which made, which I was going to ask you about since you've been reading it more consistently. Yeah, but I've hated this whole run. It was Lord run. of the Rings level. I've hated this like... whole run. Uh, the only good issues in Amazing Spider-Man to me, this recent run, were the Goblin Queen related ones. Oh really? Because I, I actively avoided those because I was like, I, I think they're the best ones. Goblin thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll check. I'll check those out yeah. when they hit the app and are out of order. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Manny, <laughs> were you reading Spider-Man? No. I don't read Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. It's... I know. I probably ask you that every single time. I'm sorry, guys. If I repeat oh, no, the question, it's, it's fine. You, uh, I. I feel like Amazing Spider-Man is a title that is too inconsistent in quality for me to read it continuously. Right. Yeah. Like. Dan Slott's run was like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he was the only person writing that book for like a decade. So I was like, I'll pop in when it seems cool. And then I'll leave when I get bored. So now it's written is, I think uh, Dimitri said this before, it's written by committee. Yeah. Somebody, somebody else like, used that term. I did. Yeah. Oh, is that oh okay. Oh, that was you. Then yeah. Like now <laughs> it's like written by committee. So it's yeah. like, it's extremely, like even the few issues I've read just for this show, I'm like, oh god! Like the last time I like I read two pages and was like, I don't want this. This is this was terrible. But then yeah. I came back to it for because only because Monica Rambo's on the cover. Yeah, if she was on the cover. I wouldn't have grabbed this one. Yeah, uh, and it was cool actually. They did a lot for her character just in this issue alone, which I thought yeah. was very interesting. She was like, I used to be nice when I was the Avengers leader. I was nice, and some idiot named Druid 
was that Dr. Druid, right? Voted me out of my leadership position and I realized I can't play nice anymore. Like, yeah. Wait, so is Next Wave in continuity now? It is. I, I mean, guess, that's yeah. crazy. Well, they also brought up, wait, wasn't there like a weird retcon? They're like, oh, it's a dream. It was like a dream from beyond, like the Beyond Corporation had them and put false memories. But I don't know, in this, I mean, I think they're just kind of brushing it away. Like, hey, it could have happened, could have not. Like, eh. Like it, it, it like I, couldn't have though. Why, why, what's the, what's the inconsistencies? Uh, Devil Dinosaur was at the end in a smoker's jacket and swirling wine talking to them like a normal human being. Okay. Maybe it was just a, another beyond thing. Also, like, they killed Fing Fang Fu. And he, they brought him back. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I think I also think with like the the Marvels coming out and like the the massive surge in popularity for Monica Rant, they want to like they want as many people to go and repurchase those. Like for a while, Next Wave was hard to find even before the Warren Ellis stuff, uh-huh. and now I think they're gonna like I think they just want anything with Monica on it fly off the shelf. Yeah. Uh, speaking about Next Wave and what I think. Uh, at some point, they're going to make a Midnight Suns something or another, right? Because they have a Midnight Suns video game that is S-U-N-S because it's not just men on the team. So it feels like they're starting to market Midnight Suns as a as a more marketable thing, right? Because there's a video game coming out and it's it has women on the team. Elsa Bloodstone needs to be in a live action Midnight Suns. I think she was yeah. in, the, in the miniseries that they did not too long ago, no? Was she? I don't know. But I think she so. should be. Yeah, I think she because they had they had a they had like a Midnight Suns mini uh, with like Damien Hellstorm and people like that for a second. Okay. Because the Midnight Suns weren't like a team before that mini. Like they, it was just like an event, right? And not like a book or a series or anything. Uh, uh oh well, I guess yeah. Did Marvel Knights do a do a supernatural thing or something? They they did the supernatural Punisher thing, oh. where he was like a de- uh, like a like an angel, or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, no, Midnight Suns was like a thing from the nineties that was in a basically a crossover between a bunch multiple books mm-hmm. that never got like its own one shot or anything. And then they did a Midnight Suns miniseries not too long ago when I think the the Damnation stuff was happening with uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. And that's it. So, the, like, the the uh, not a lot to work with in terms of Midnight Suns content for adaptation. So I think that's rife to make changes to and do whatever they want with. Yeah, I'm looking at the team of that Damnation storyline, and Elsa mm-hmm. is the only woman on the team. Yeah, Midnight Suns tends to be very guy heavy. Also, because we don't have proper horror supernatural uh, female characters, not that many, at least. You know. Um, so if you're going to do a movie, Elsa Bloodstone definitely needs to be there. Absolutely. Iron Fist does not need to be on the team. I'm looking at this no. like, I'm looking at this I don't know lineup. Why they could put uh, Wanda on that team, I feel like. Yeah, or like if they're bringing in Clea, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clea could be a good character, so you can have her and Doctor Strange in the MCU, you know? Yeah. I mean, Morbius was in the original, and you know, that movie's happening i guess yeah but it's i don't i don't want it to tie in i hate this whole sony shit 
Like, <laughs> it looks awful. It's, it seems very desperate. It, they are super desperate. They're doing a Madam Web fucking movie. I, I, well, and I said this about Morbius and Venom, but I'm like, I don't know if that'll happen. I mean, they've been making a Silver Sable movie for I since 2005. Yeah. And yeah. that's never going to happen. I just, no one cares. Morbius I don't like what's going to happen, but it is. <laughs> I don't like the Silver Sable when Superman's the main focus. I don't want to watch a whole movie just about her. Wait, what? Wait, what? Spider-Man. You mean yeah, or Spider-Man. What did I say? Silver Superman. Sable. Yeah. Silver oh, wait. You said Silver, Silver Sable, but you said Superman. Yeah. yeah. I meant Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, Now we're uh, all confused, and I'm just, like, adding to look, it. Look, I still am more coherent than right. anyone at Sony right now. They were going to do, like, a <laughs> Black Cat Silver Sable team-up, Black and Silver yeah. or something like that, and it's like... Okay, I guess all yeah. I know is anyone they use for these Sony movies is not going to come into the MCU. So that's why I'm disappointed. Even if you have a character I like, I know that they're not going to appear in the MCU then. Yeah, they even said that uh, Keaton's character is not the not the Vulture. I feel like they just aren't going to say that he his name. Like I think that's their way he, of like, he's just a guy in prison, he's just like prisoner, prisoner <laughs> Keaton. I, it looks cheeseball bad. Like Morbius just looks bad. He's like, he's like, who are you? I'm Venom. Wait, no. Uh, and then he was, what's his line? He's like, no, just kidding. Michael Morbius, Doctor. It's Michael your old, Morbius it's your old friend, Doctor Michael old, Morbius yeah. at your service. Uh, I love the Underworld movies. So, like, as a va- like as one of those type of vampire movies, that excites me. Right. The fact of it, like, trying to connect to any spider-man film we currently have i'm not on board so i'm like very much like ugh. i'm still convinced it's not actually happening i'm convinced april, april really. 1st. they never made it they never made it they're just like <laughs> it's the april for it's april 1st joke you know yeah uh that being said flashpoint got moved or flat the flash movie got moved back again it's fine Okay. I don't, I'm, I'm good. I don't. Look, as Miller, look I I knew something was up when the, you know, their biggest DC's biggest movie of the year or yeah. like the past like three years is uh, premiering, and they don't have a single. They have they have one trailer that's for everything yeah. coming out. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not a good sign. You don't have any teasers. Like we don't even have voiceover and then the rock slamming down and like black adam and right. then just say black Ad- like well black adam is any- coming out this year though it is that's what i mean but like we don't have a trailer like is right. there we have like shots you like- know what's weird though what's wild so aquaman got moved back flash got moved back shazam got moved up we're getting black yeah. adam and shazam in uh, what a month from each other i would assume yeah towards the end of the year I- I think I think here here's what I think the reasoning for that is I think and I don't understand how Black Adam and Shazam are gonna go together because I yeah. think the they're, they're doing like gritty tone for Black Adam and Shazam's like I'm fun I don't think that that'll work I don't know if that it's gonna well. be I'm fun because they're dealing with like the daughters of Atlas right I'm assuming because it's called Fury of the Gods right I'm assuming yeah. the premise is the daughters of Atlas saying you don't deserve the power of Atlas in to Shazam. Uh, oh, maybe, yeah, that makes sense. I my theory. If it is isn't that, that I'll be very upset. My theory is that it's like a it's a family movie, and because of how well Spider Man did, they were like, let's lock this in for Christmas, like yeah. Christmas time. 
like, and I think because David F. Sandberg is a competent human being who's directing it, it's like, I think he's just done with his stuff on time. And they're like, okay, like, this will be done. Yeah. Like, but we don't to, need to wait. We don't need to sit on this for five we're, months. We're getting them both in this, like, in a very that, short period of time, in the same year. I, I mean, that's ballsy because if Black Adam's not good, are people, is it going to affect people who go see Shazam? Or are they trying yeah. to target two different audiences? It's the same That's logo like, too, right? Like if you think about it, it's yeah. still the lightning bolt on the chest. Mm -hmm. I think they're just banking on people seeing it because of the rock. Yeah. If they ever come face to face, I don't know how anybody's going to want to root for, you know, Shazam because the rock is the most charismatic human being on the planet. So. I disagree. I, 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 agree, I agree, but I also disagree. <laughs> way, way back, like when they announced that because they long time ago they announced rock was going to be black adam long yeah. before they had a shazam cast and I, my pitch was oh john cena should be shazam and then just really <laughs> hype up the the cena versus the rock like almost like wrestling promo style once in a lifetime for the 45th time but like it would have that would have been that i think i mean i like zachary levi as shazam and i didn't yeah. think i would but um it's just weird. And like, of yeah. course, The Rock has to be Black Adam. He looks just like Black Adam. Right. So. But here's the thing about The Rock, though, that I dislike about The Rock. Um, the thing I dislike about The Rock is he can never lose. He can't lose in his films. And like, the only way his characters ever lose or lose a fight, any fight, is that they get sucker punched, somebody cheats, they, you know, bring a gun to a knife fight kind of thing. Like, yeah. there's, so like, Rock's characters can never lose a fight and it's a problem and that's why his the villain of Shazam has his own movie. So that's the that's a problem cuz if he did a Shazam if he was the villain in the Shazam movie, he wouldn't be able to lose. So now they're probably going to do a team up movie where they both fight and then it it's one wins, it's, the other one wins. It's going to be Batman uh, versus Superman. Yeah. They they fight and then they have to team up and fight other threats. Right. We can't have Black Adam as a proper villain, which would, I'm fine with an anti-hero Black Adam, but he has to lose. And I don't know whether The Rock is going to lose. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's going to go, I think it's going to be a beat of Batman versus Superman situation. But that's weird, right? Isn't that weird? Yeah, it, it's, it's strange. I mean, they've been trying their best to reframe Black Adam in the comics recently as like a hero. Yeah. They've been doing a like like since you know since basically the rock got cast they've been like all right but he's not like totally a he's on the Justice League now and you know they're, they're doing a lot to like reframe that a lot right so so he, I don't think he I, I'm thinking he may not be like a villain a proper villain villain like at all I yeah, like even even back in like fifty two they kinda, I was about to say yeah was like they kind of framed him as like yeah he's like he appears evil, but like the reasoning he's doing it is like, okay, it makes sense for him and what he's gone through. But yeah, even still like prior to that, it was like, oh, he was a villain. And then we found out this more that like broadened him. So I feel like he, I feel like the end of Shazam, they should have teased Black Adam and then it should have been a Black Adam Shazam or like Shazam versus Black Adam and then a Black Adam movie. Like that seems yeah. like the progress but they but probably said they were like the no having his own movie yeah. I, i'm pretty sure yeah. they're like eh, he has to have his own movie he has to have his own movie first and then he can join yeah this other thing right and you know it's just going to be called like shazam black adam they're going to try and 
cram as many words in there as possible. Well, I'm fine with a Shazam versus Black Adam as the title. You know, that makes more sense than Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. The V is the thing that threw me off. Is it? It was so weird. Batman v Superman. Why didn't you call it Batman versus Superman? Why didn't you call it Worlds? I, I want to make a World's Finest movie where Batman and Superman are just buds. Like, make Mark Wade write that movie. When, I when think I, I would cry. I yeah. think I would just straight up cry. I don't think I'd be able to handle that on screen. I think that would be the moment that would bring me to tears is seeing them, like, again, as boys. Yeah. 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 Uh, when I was in high school, I tried to write a screenplay for World's Finest. Um, I just got through the plan. I didn't get even get through the planning phase. I planned some of it, but it would have opened with a with a heist on the back of a, a big rig that has kryptonite in it with the League of Shadows uh, and Talia. Oh, that's so it it would have a racial ghoul uh, connection to getting kryptonite instead of the classic Joker Lex Luthor. Yeah, hear me out. Just look. make a Trinity movie and uh, base it on the Matt Wagner book, and uh, you've done it. Or Hear me out. Do a Trinity movie, but then have the death of Superman and Doomsday in it, plus <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor. How about that? What? I mean, there are a lot of problems with that movie. <laughs> of course, you name most of them. But what I would have done is in in pre-production or whatever, yeah. I would have leaked that Gal Gadot was Catwoman, and make everyone think that she's Catwoman. So when he meets her at that party, it's weird and like oh whatever and then like later on have her like lift a fucking car or something and you're like oh shit like does Catwoman have powers and then it's like oh she's Wonder Woman you know what yeah. I mean like toy with it like have a that would require you having any sort of plan at all yeah that's the thing that a lot of a lot of these studios any studio like Star Trek was 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 falling apart for a little bit like they did a misstep and then they caught themselves but like all these studios that want these big franchises they are cart before the horse and then also like they ran too fast and then like they tripped and like they knocked their head out in the pavement like you know marvel's coasted marvel's just like i mean you know? no way no way home i really thought it was going to be a mess like, I, thought, I was like yeah. oh this is this is sony sticking their fingers in the pie they yeah. want that like they want that live action into the spider verse and like i was so surprised and even though, even though when I watched it, like I knew what was going to happen in ten seconds, I still cheered every time that thing happened. Even though I knew, like, oh, this is going to happen. Like, yeah. I just, I, it was great. Like, yeah, they did it really well, and like that could have easily been a disaster. Because of Sony, I, I, I trust Marvel can can do their stuff without tripping mm -hmm. anymore. I don't think they're going to trip. Uh, I don't think Eternals was a trip. I don't think that, like, in a bad way, in a bad trip, like. Uh, I don't, I don't think that there was a misstep. Um, Sony coming in and meddling with things could be a misstep. But, you know. Um, what else? Uh, we got... We got oh, Night Nightwing rocked. Nightwing. Nightwing was really good. Nightwing was really good. I love me some Wally Flash. Yeah. Is Wally Dick's best friend? Yes. Yeah. Both 100%. ways? Because sometimes best friendship sometimes happens one way. Versus the other. Both ways, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Who's, who's Dick's nope. second best friend? Donna Troy. For sure? Yes. Who's Donna Troy's best friend? Uh, I don't know, but oh. I know for sure that Donna, that those, those, those original Titans, yeah. 
are very 100%. tight. Super tight. Yeah. Tight Titans. Tight Titans. Tight. Uh, <laughs> they put the Titan Titans. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, that being said, though, okay, it's kind of like in Friends, for instance. In Friends, Chandler, I think, is the link between Joey and Ross, right? Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but uh, 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 I don't hinge my personality on Friends, though. Trust me, I, there's a lot of flaws in the show. But Chandler is the link between Joey and, and Ross. Ross and Joey are not best friends. Chandler is best friends with both of those two, right? So, so like, Roy, Roy is best friends with Wally right aren't they from what i've gathered who's roy's best friend you don't see them i feel like roy's like the black sheep of the original titans aqualad is right aqualad is definitely like nobody's best friends with garth (laughs) garth's best friend is a dolphin (laughs) garth probably has atlantean best friends you know they go to another school. You wouldn't know them. Yeah. <laughs> but like uh, uh, Donna, well, Roy and Donna got real close. So yes. But are they best friends or are they just ex-lovers or I don't know. I would say that that original Titans crew 100% like are like a group group. They've in every single iteration that they've been together, every single one of them has shown an equal amount of love for each other. Wally and Dick are a little closer than most of them. They're like, you know, boys, boys. They, they, uh, but I think that for the most part, everybody there. And even like Donna Troy, I think everybody loves Donna Troy because she's like the mother hen of that group more than anything. You know is, what I mean? Is she the mother or older yes. sister? But like that, that sort of like that or sort of love interest the, because everybody had a crush on her. Everybody had a crush on her, but the only one to ever act on it in a real way was, I think, Roy. Did She's we, like the cool, responsible babysitter. Did Wally yeah. ever date Donna? No, he did a Magenta or Magneta or whatever. Magenta, yeah. Magenta. Uh, but Kyle Rayner dated Wall or dated Don, uh, Donna. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Rayner dated Donna. Aqualad. Aqualad's had like his own Atlantean relationships for. God knows how long. I remember he was, I forget who he was with, but she moved into Titan's Tower with him. Tula, right? Yeah, yeah. Aqua Girl, Tula. Yes. Not to be, uh, by the way, whatever happened to Aqua Girl, the other Aqua Girl that was on the, the, the newer run of Titans pre-52, the one from Sub Diego. Oh, right. You remember the whole Sub Diego thing? Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Here, uh, I remember the name more than anything. Um, I I I swear I have it somewhere here. But on this issue of Nightwing, I or I love whenever you you get any of the old Titans coming together for a little bit, and this, oh, that one, gone, gone forever. You think she'll never come back? One hundred percent into into the depths of continuity obscurity with you uh i don't know they could bring her back for for diversity she's gonna be on the on the titans tv show <laughs> well titans they just like or, or titans yeah <laughs> but in young justice they literally created uh calderon right yeah. and like yeah and he's a mainstay now as jackson hyde um and they he's him- cool i like him in that show oh yeah Same. i, I like the like show great version addition. better 
than the comic. Yeah. Mm. This show, you know. Yeah, like they that that show has layers and layers and layers yeah. more than a than a cartoon that's primarily pitched and geared towards children yeah. should have. But it, it, yeah. that's what makes it great and popular. But uh, question about Dick and Wally because TikTok got mad at me. Mm. Is Wally Dick's best man at Dick's wedding? Yes. TikTok got mad at me. I did. I did because I disagreed with that. I I think you know who most mattered, like who would most want to be best man at Dick's wedding, and but he wouldn't say it, but everybody knows Bruce. it. Bruce, Bruce, Jason, no, oh, I don't think Bruce would put himself on the line, like on the lineup. I don't think that Jason uh, and Dick's relationship is as close as we want it to be, or at least now. Okay, uh, I think they've been doing a lot to remedy that for yeah. a long time, but. For the longest, Dick felt, uh, or at least in the beginning, Dick felt contempt over the fact that Jason existed, and then he died, and then he felt bad. Right. Like, uh, but I think that Wally and Dick have gone through so much that there's no way that it wouldn't be uh, fair. Wally is best man. Fair. So you're going with TikTok here, Manny. Should have. Should I? Should have guessed. I mean, try to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you see a lot of Dick and Wally together in this, and I think it works really well um, in, in Nightwing number 90. Um, and then I like the I, I like the fact that like he's like, is that KG Beast, the guy who shot you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm on it. <laughs> like uh, He echoed, I, I think Tom Taylor broke the fourth wall for a single moment when he said, I know a lot of people who want to kick your ass. <laughs> or, or something along those lines, he yeah. says. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you do. I thought you were going to bring up the fact that Barb says she's being fridged. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Made me laugh yeah. out loud, for sure. Right. Because like Gail uh... Simone Gail Simone is the one writer I equate with Barb, right? Like, mm. as a writer, uh, uh, because of Birds of Prey. Um, and she's the one who coined the word fridging. Not that fridging didn't exist before her, but she coined that word. And I just thought it was interesting to have Barb bring out. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's something I, interesting about Tom Taylor on his Nightwing that he's shown in his Nightwing run is that uh, he understands all of these characters' relationships in a really intimate way because whenever they talk, they feel like people who have known each other forever and who have had these shared experiences, which can very often be lost in a lot of other runs when they just feel like coworkers. Right. Uh, but because cough, cough, talk, Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> or like a lot of other DC stuff, but I feel like Tom Taylor does enough to give their conversations personality and give their conversations like texture and make them feel like again friends that i'm just like man this guy should should be writing a lot more than just nightwing and uh, he also like it, it's not an exposition dump when they talk to each other either like it's not like hey like no. this is just like that other like the only thing it's like the KGB's thing, but it's like done for comedy. Yeah, it like sounds like something that he Wally would say. It's yeah. not, it's not specifically Wally saying it for the audience, right? Or like at least not written that way, which is like, which is refreshing. It's like you said, sometimes it's like you could tell when the author is working on their relationships because they'll they'll like or are good with relationships because they will write each relationship differently, right? And you can tell when a person does not have a sibling when the writer is like, hello, brother, hello, sister. Like, 
we don't we don't say that as like people with siblings like you know you don't you don't say yeah. that and you talk to your friends differently than if you talk to your like sibling unless your sibling is your friend then you yeah. talk to them differently right and so tom uh, uh tom taylor is running on all cylinders as far as nightwing is concerned because this is this is the run i think that is just will be the nightwing run of all time you know yeah, yeah. this and chuck dixon both i think this will be the mod because there hasn't been a nightwing run that anybody has applauded since chuck dixon's run like in the 90s slash 2000s yeah ever since then whenever anybody's mentioned a nightwing week to go it's all right yeah it's fine like kyle higgins on on nightwing back in the new team it's all right the beginning of yeah. the rebirth stuff it's okay but this run everybody's like this is the book it's the uh, book yeah the only thing that disappointed me in this issue was that they changed the uh, bruno redondo wasn't doing it yeah uh and it was pretty obvious i don't like the way this guy draws faces i think oh. that uh some Milwaukee, uh, but. I thought the artwork was, I noticed the difference, but I thought the art was still good in this book. Like I thought yeah. it was, it wasn't a steep drop off or something crazy. They, mm. they tried to at least keep it similar. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite moment in this is when Wally, who is the Flash obviously, like makes Nightwing slow down and think a minute. Cause he's like, hey, if you go out there and they're looking for Dick Grayson and he, he just, they just oh, thought yeah. that he died in that building. Like you should come with me. Like that was like a cool moment. I was like, oh, he's like he, usually he's running head first. He's making Dick like think about this for a second. Yeah. I'm worried about Melinda Zuko because she's the one who texted Dick. You know? And do we know that for a fact that it's her? Maybe I just am Yeah, not it had remembering. an M at the top. Okay. Okay. Cause I thought for some reason, I thought he was tipped off and he thinks it's her, but it might not be her. That was my... As far as I know, it's take, her, because there's an M at the top. That would make sense if, yeah, she's texting him. Yeah. He would know. Uh, he, also, he also mentions that, like, like Cassandra Kane over texts, like, and then he's like, he has everybody on mute except alarms for specific people who he knows, like, send important texts. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Until, I mean, it's going to suck when, like, Cassandra needs somebody and she texts Dick and Dick's like, Dick doesn't hear it. All right. Uh, are you guys reading The Flash? I am not. This was a tie-in with War for Earth 3. Um, and War for Earth 3 has been okay. It's been fine. It's been a tie-in with, with Suicide Squad and, and whatnot. Um, and then this issue kind of uh, continued a lot of plot points from the previous Flash issue, so it didn't have too much uh, to tie in with, uh, with War for Earth 3. But uh, I do have to give credit to the artist for drawing the actual ethnicities of Linda and the kids. Because he draws the kids like they're mixed, and he draws Linda uh, uh, like she's Asian American. Like, artists don't always do that. That's true. Uh, and you could see it though, like, and it's, uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Other than that, not much, much happens in this. You get a lot of Johnny Quick stuff and some Mirror Master stuff, but for the most part. Eh. The, the cover looks very much like the, like Morrison JLA era. Oh yeah. Covers. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Flash does a cool thing where Mirror Master puts out a bunch of mirrors and he gets it like you can see it on the cover. He gets kind of split, but then he backs up out of it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he's like, oh, shit, he got he backed up. It, it amazes me the the creativity that they can do with Flash's powers because like it does seem like oh he can just run fast but it's like no he can vibrate his body and right uh, go faster or slower than some because I'm I I recently just watched I got I caught back up on the Flash because the new season's not too bad the the last season ended in the worst way possible like it was just a pure garbage fire but Did it end like that one arrow season where everyone except the main character is on a boat and they blow up the island they're like we'll find out next year and then like the next day in deadline it was like these contracts have been renewed and these have not and i'm like well i can <laughs> tell you who died <laughs> yeah who's, who's living uh it, it didn't end like that the final or the la the season finale of last season ended with a lightsaber fight Oh, I saw it. It was god awful. It was bad. It was it was three speedsters fighting with lightsabers. Why? Okay. Anyway, it was really bad, and so I wasn't sure I was going to come back for it. But I binged the recent Flash season, and it's like, okay, fine. It's 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 better now. Um, My only problem with the Flash's power set in the show versus the comics, I don't like Flash having control over electricity. I don't like him having that because it. What's the point of Black Lightning then? What's the point of actual electricity like powered people if Flash can throw lightning bolts? What's it's the same thing. I I think it's a I literally think it's just like oh we need a visual representation of something he can do. Like running is not a, they can only show that one shot of right. him running so many times this right. season. Well, I get and the I electricity like behind in, him. I get that. But I think it's just an easy thing to be like, oh, he can throw like we only have to animate one thing. He just on set does this and then they put in something right and it's just like i understand i just think it's like an easy like they're like yeah he has a lightning bolt on him he can throw lightning there's a there's a scene in the show where the telekinetic uh essentially lifts him up off the ground and is gonna break his back and he's like oh i'm in so much pain oh she's like constricting me and then it's like what's the only thing you could do charge up the cells with electricity and like explode so then he gets like an explosion power oh yeah that's stupid uh yeah i think that uh since they started like using the lightning as like a uh uh an aesthetic thing in the comics and they've just get, kept giving him more and more and more lightning around him as he ran to the point where it's like there's not even like a red streak behind him it's just lightning yeah it infuriates me so much. I'm like, clean it up a little bit. Like, yeah, a tasteful amount of lightning is cool. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I understand. They, save lightning. the right lightning when he's running really, really fast. Like oh. when he's yeah. about to go speed of light, and then you can like. I think they wanted visually to differentiate between the speed speedsters, though, right? Like Jay, Jay does the whoosh. Like Jay doesn't have lightning, right? When he runs, as far as I remember, he's just kind of whoosh, like the wind. And then I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. And then Reverse Flash has red lightning, you know. So I think they're trying to differentiate between speedsters. the The Flash TV show does it to a ridiculous extent, where every speedster has a different color of lightning. Where it's like, oh come on, why? What is? Why is this Power Rangers? It's so weird. Um, but 
you're, you're bringing up lightning. I like lightning as an aesthetic, not lightning literal. Like he's not That's true. actually controlling lightning. It's just an aesthetic of it follows him where he runs. From what I understand, it is from what I, I remember reading, the lightning is a result of the speed force metabolizing through his muscles. So it's essentially speedster sweat. Uh, oh, that's a thing that was explained in the Mark Wade run. Okay. <laughs> I have, I have uh, volumes one, two, four, and eight of Mark Wade's uh, flash run. I know that you have the flash behind you, right? That's what you got that's, behind you? That, that's the whole, yeah, that's. See, I, yeah, I don't have all of them. I have one, two, four, and eight of Mark Wade, and I have one of Jeff Johns, and then I have the regular trades of like interspersed. Um, but anyway, I haven't. I guess I got to catch up on Mark Wade's run. Dude, it's the best run of Flash ever. No run has beat it to this day. Finish it. It's excellent. I grew up with Jeff Johns' run, so that was like you know Flash for me. Well, I guess you know. Um, but no, Mark Wade is always great. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't think any of you guys are reading trial of the Amazons or wonder woman or anything. No. Um, I'll just talk about real quick. Basically doom's doorway is this doorway to all the bad things that they're like keeping in hell. Right. And the trial of the Amazons in this event is to find the one guard that will guard it the doom's doorway that'll be in charge of that because doom there are monsters coming out of the doorway and so this trial of the amazon is linking the nubia series the wonder woman series the the wonder girl series and then book ends with trial of the amazons one and two right um and like it's an all right book hippolyta dies hippolyta dies in the beginning and they're like who murdered her we don't know but we still have to continue this trial and it is what it is um, but there are three tribes of Amazons, which I think are the most interesting part. There's the Themyscirans, who are metaphor, uh, they're metaphorically the lions. There's the, uh, the Bonin Migdal, which are the nomads. They are wolves. And then there's the Escasitas, which are the Amazon Amazons. They are the jaguars. And like, there's three tribes of Amazons. I think it's cool. If you'd like Wonder Woman, it's like, okay. It's a lot of talking, though. It's like a lot of talking. Hmm. It is what it is. Did you guys read anything else? I want to know, uh, like, like indies and stuff. Okay. I know Manny. Manny. I think I think you read more indies than anyone. I read. I think I I read the rest of the books that I read this week were indies. Uh, one thing that I read and caught up with that I think that more people should be reading is Rain. Uh, Rain number three came out this week. So the I, this is the, the way that this does apocalypse is very weird, but I dig it. Uh, it's a so it started raining super sharp nails one day. What? Just just from the sky, just super sharp nails coming down. Nobody know, knew what they were. They happened in bursts at a time and killed a bunch of people. If you were outside, you were screwed. Yeah raining super sharp nails wait what if you're in your car does it go through your car uh the first wave doesn't but as it's continued the the, the nails have gotten bigger uh okay and we follow a young woman whose girlfriend died in the first you know uh storm i guess we'll call it yeah and now she is making her way 
uh, across the country to find her uh, her girlfriend's father to let him know what happened. Um, and she has to do this on foot, obviously, because all of the roads are filled with nails, so you're not getting anywhere in a car. I didn't realize uh, that. The ground is full of nails. So you can't even walk? Can you walk? You, you, can, you can walk because, because you can, like, control where you're stepping and, like, you know, shoot things away. But in a car, you're, all, all those wheels are popping. You know what I mean? Also, uh, yeah. But, yeah, so she, so it's sort of this apocalypse adventure book. Um, and uh, it's about her in, in encountering people who, you know, obviously you have the looters. You have people who are taking advantage of the situation. Also, she... A, a kid that was in a neighborhood uh, with, unbeknownst to her has come with her. So now she has to protect this kid from the dangers of the world and the, the, the sharp nail rain. Uh, it's a super interesting premise. It's written by Joe Hill, who you might know as the guy who did Lock and Key. Uh, Wait, Joe Hill's Stephen King's kid, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I find that ironic that everybody mentions that, even though he explicitly didn't make his name Joe King right. didn't want to be associated with his father and wanted to be in his own merits. It's either that uh, or Jonah Hill, which yeah, right. his name is so similar to Jonah Hill. Which, uh, well, who does he want? Right. Uh, but yeah, this book is really cool. Uh, it, the, the premise, I, I, I went into this basically blind. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, so I was super surprised by the premise and the way that he's handling it. And I think more people should be reading it. I will check that out. That premise sounds cool as hell. It sounds right. super cool. To the, like you, you just mentioning that it's like the premise made me super interested in reading this one. Yeah, because when you when you started out like it's an apocalypse book, and I was like, okay, okay. like we've seen, and it's like, and, and it's raining nails. Raining like, nails. I, I gotta see this. Yeah, can tank treads go through them? Uh, we have not seen tanks yet because most small towns don't have tanks running through them. <laughs> I feel like treads would work at least. And they would I feel like we would get tread. They mentioned uh, in this issue that the that the president is already advertising uh, like metal umbrellas, but we haven't <laughs> seen them yet. Metal umbrellas? What, what's different about metal umbrella versus the hood of a car? Uh like specifically made for this rain because as as the nails have gotten uh as we've gotten more of the weather it's gotten worse like yeah. significantly worse like it's going through cars it's breaking through car glass and stuff we saw the remains of a couple who was out in their car in one of the 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 uh the storms and it was rough some of the imagery in this book is pretty intense oh okay uh this is a this is a climate change metaphor right that's cool. Um, uh, I'm going to give it a read. You've convinced me. Yeah. Huh. Uh, it's really good. It's on issue number three right now, right? Yeah. Okay. So, it's pretty easy to catch up. so yeah, for any, for any new readers that want to find something new uh, that you don't have to do much research on, Rain. Okay. From in, Image Comics. Um, I finally finished uh it was last week's book king of spies um i don't know if you guys read king of spies but it's it's mark miller and you could tell mark miller just by his dialogue like mark miller's dialogue is like say hyperbole as fact like like today was a good day 
um, you know that you're the best when you have sex with 534 girls in an hour. Like he'll do something like Mark Miller always does stuff like that, right? You got like, uh, he'll, he'll just write something random. Like I did a backflip over three tigers and it's only breakfast time. Like that's, that's Mark Miller's dialogue. Yeah, he, he writes like Duke Nukem speaks like he's just like (laughs) yeah he just like it's like the it's the like uh it's the same as like rowdy rowdy piper just like walking into like anything and they live and just says like a weird wwe line yeah but everyone does that yeah (laughs) uh the premise of king of spies is pretty cool though it's the, the world's best spy has cancer he's gonna live six more months and he's but he's a spy and not a he's not it's a spy in the real world where he has to kill government opposition so he feels bad about killing good people um and so he's like i have six months left i'm gonna take down the real bad guys that the governments try to protect and that's cool yeah so i mean the premise is really cool i mean it's over the top like assassins go his way and then he like cuts both assassins in half kind of he cuts off the arms of one and then the the like the legs of another so then one puts the other as a backpack and they become like this two-sided assassin um it's cool but you know it is what it is it's over the top um but it's only four issues and i don't want to say it but like it ends it's over you know um and so might be worth checking out over-the-top Mark Miller spy action. That's cool. I tend to be hit or miss on Mark Miller, like yeah. more missed it, honestly, on Mark yeah. Miller. Yeah. So uh, uh, I think, who's the artist on it, though? I think the art is what attracted me. The art it. is really good. Mateo Scalera? Um, what does it say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like it. Yeah, that, that, that's like why I would read that book, because I, 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 I like Mateo Scalera's art a lot. It's different than normal artists for Mark Miller. Like Mark Miller tends not to have that type of art on his books. Like his stuff is a little yeah. bit more sketchy than most of the other Miller artists. Or like realistic and not cartoony. Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit more cartoony. Also, are y'all are any of y'all reading Homesick Pilots? <laughs> no. Like everybody needs to read Homesick what, Pilots. What's it about? Uh so it is it is a horror comic. Okay. Uh let's combine horror like like a like a like a haunted house horror book with uh traditional mecha anime and then you get okay home pilots uh so the idea is that there's this haunted house uh that has a bunch of things missing from it right and each of these things is doing a different terrible thing across the world we follow a woman who somehow resonates with the spirits in this house right and they go set and, and they basically send her on missions of vengeance to get those things back that's how it starts, right? It's a pretty simple, uh, she gets uh, sort of armor that of all of the, the uh, armor through the different ghosts uh, that want these things back and all of those represent their grief in the real and significant way. And she is plagued by the, uh, the, the voices of uh, all of the things that they lost and they missed. Uh, okay. But then, the government gets involved and <laughs> tries to use these uh, 
haunted items and the, the powers bestowed by them as weapons of war. Uh, it is really intense. It's really emotionally resonant. I feel like that premise can lead to something very hokey and very like 90s Spawn-like. But because it focuses on what ghosts actually represent, right? That being the grief of these people who are long lost, who were missing something in their lives, it really hits. It's, it's so good. It's such a weird book, but uh, I think that the, the aesthetic of it has been really good and the way that they've really genuinely made you care about these characters and made you feel the... the the pressure and all of the the sort of uh, the the overwhelming emotion that they feel when they are consumed by these ghosts uh, is what is what's really keeping me on this book. It's awesome. Okay, all right. I'll check um, that out. I'm interested. Not rain level interested because that, uh, uh, but like, okay, all right. But it's 13 issues in, right? Homesick Pilots yeah. is 13 issues in. Okay. They got there a couple trades, trades out? Yeah, there are two trades right now. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, I, uh, a, 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 did anyone read Carnage number one? Yeah, I, I read through that. It was, yeah, it was what fine. Uh, I mean, I like the writing on it, but it just didn't, it wasn't like, you know. Yeah, I actually was, like, more interested if they, like, there was, like, that story of, like, a serial killer doing art, which was a cooler story, and then Carnage shows up. And Carnage like, is no. so overplayed. Yeah. Why does Carnage have an ongoing, but, like, in miniseries form all the time? Like, I've said this a million times. I don't think I've ever said it here. In my opinion, Carnage is the Waluigi of Spider-Man. <laughs> because he is like the lanky offshoot of Venom, who is then an off, who is an offshoot of Spider-Man. Like he is okay. Is Ben yeah. Riley Luigi? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use that forever now. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. That is an excellent quote. I'm gonna text all of my friends that after the oh, show. Have it, enjoy God. it. He's a copy he of a copy. Is that essentially what yeah, the like, thing is? Yeah, because, like, you know, like, Wario is the bad Mario. And right. then they were like, well, now we have to have, because, like, um, Wa, I think, in Japan, like, means bad or yeah. something like that in Japanese. So, like, oh, and it's like that the W is an inverted M. Totally makes sense. And then, like, Waluigi is just like, uh, we'll just put Wa in front of Luigi and make right. him, like, super tall and weird. Because Wario, Wario is a double entendre, too, if not a triple yes. entendre. You know? Yes. And Waluigi is just created so Warrior Wario could have a doubles partner in Mario Tennis. Right. That's like the, his first appearance. Right. Creation is Mario Tennis. Like what would be a He's better just... name? Wa 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 I don't I don't know. Just don't make one. He, uh, he doesn't need a brother. I like I, mean, I, look, I like I love existing. Waluigi. Because he shouldn't exist. Like he's an abomination that should we shouldn't have, and we do. And they're just like, uh, I think people would say the same about Carnage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not but against like, Waluigi Carnage's existence. <laughs> I'm not against Carnage existing. It's fine if he exists, but in smaller doses. Kind of like Waluigi. I understand Waluigi existing because Luigi needs an evil twin. I get it. I like it. Ooh, but he doesn't need to be everywhere. 
you know? Uh, I think there's a middle ground. Bring down Carnage, bring up Waluigi. I could deal, like I want yeah. Waluigi in Super Smash. He's the only one yeah. not invited. Give him, give him a thing, you know? Uh, but bring Carnage down. Yeah. Every Carnage book is the exact same, and it's, did you know that I'm crazy? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Here's, this innocent, what it, here's this innocent kid or a dog. Watch them die. This, this one is, this one is, I don't need Cletus to be crazy. Right. Oh. Like, that's what this, that's what, like, this one is going to be. Right. Uh, the only good thing about it is the serial killer being like, I want to be your next host. Yeah, like drawing in, like he was trying to, he was trying to send out signals to Carnage to like get him. Yeah, like, that was interesting. Yeah, but I mean, we've seen that in horror movies to... before, right? Uh, yeah. Did you guys see the new Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Uh, is it all right it if was... I tell you a spoiler, Manny? Go ahead. There's a backstory with J.K. Simmons' character that he was he had died, but in his previous life he or when he was alive he was trying to call gozer right or no call not gozer whatever anyway the point being is try to get that god to come he's come. he's ivo chandor or whatever yeah yeah, yeah chandor. They mentioned yeah. briefly in the first one yeah and they bring him back to life and he comes back to life and then gozer comes in and just like kills him real quick he's like oh you know like he's like idolizing him and then kills him so uh uh, anyway, we've seen it kind of before where like I idolize this horror monster and the horror monster kills you. Okay. Um, but you know, Carnage number one, eh, it's whatever. There are going to be people who are going to buy Carnage no matter what. Just like Spider-Man, just like Venom. They have their very dedicated fan base, you know? Um, and then there's X-Lives of Wolverine number five, which ends X-Lives of Wolverine, right? I think it's the final X-Lives because then X-Deaths finishes it off. That would make sense. Because I think altogether it's 10 issues, right? I think that's the thing between lives and deaths. Right. It's five issues each. Uh, this one ends just whatever. I had I didn't like this series. I didn't like X Lives. X Deaths, on the other hand, that's been better. That's all you need to but know. You, but you got to read them. One and... You kind of, but you actually don't. I don't think you do. Oh, okay. I don't, because I'm, I'm X Lives of Wolverine only yeah x lives doesn't really matter that's why I, like so you could read x deaths and just know that wolverine can't appear in x deaths because he's dealing with x lives it's the only thing you need gotcha. to know. Okay. um but uh i don't know they got a lot of variant covers for this and like it was touted as like it was going to be the, the greatest wolverine story ever told and it was like super mid it's not the greatest Wolverine story ever told. Yeah. Can I, I think, shout out one book? Yeah. Uh, Silver Coin, number 10. Okay. Uh, if you like horror uh, and you see this on the stands any given week, pick it up. It's uh, an anthology horror book about different people haunted in different ways by a mysterious coin with an eye on it. Uh, and each one is done by the same artist, Michael Walsh, but a different writer. Uh, oh, that's cool. And you've had like Chip Zdarsky on here. James Tynan is on the next issue. Joshua Williamson did an issue. Uh, so. I, of- o- I almost picked this up because of the cover this week. And then I, I didn't know that it was like an anthology. And so, because it's, because this one says Covenant 2. 
and I thought it was the middle of a like a, uh, like a arc. little mini yeah arc. So I was like, oh, and I so I didn't get it. That's like, but I I really almost did because it. I love that cover. I love that cover, and I love the like logo, and it mm. seemed seemed cool. So yeah, all all of the issues so far have been at least interesting. You know, obviously some are better than others. Uh, this one was a pretty standard like. Uh, teens get attacked by ghost stories uh but overall the series has been really good and i think it's one that if you're like a casual comics reader and you're or like you know you got a little extra money to spend on an issue and, and issues on the stands i would say pick it up if you're a horror fan because nine times out of ten it's going to be something good all right nice all right uh surprisingly we went through most of the comics that we read this week uh because it was a small week and had enough time to like go off topic and whatever um uh, I want to thank you guys both so much for coming on the show and talking with me uh, and our viewers about all of this. Um, before we get going, where can we find you? What do you got coming up? Uh, Manny, you want to tell us? Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Manny's Picks. You can find me at, on Instagram at Manny's.Picks. Uh, I do comic recommendations, comic history, uh, comic store spotlights. I like comics. And I think you should too. So yeah, I'm done those. Nice. Awesome. Uh, and Manny, you're in New York, right? Yes. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Kyle, where can we find you? What do you got coming up? Uh, you can find me at Kyle Dotson Funny on all the socials. Um, I'm semi regular on a music podcast called Rock Solid, so you can find me there. Um, yeah, that's basically it right now. Are you in New York as well? I am. Are you coming back to California anytime soon? I don't think for a while. Okay. But fair, fair, yeah. fair. You New Yorkers. Psh. I don't know. Um, you guys, you guys have the Empire State of Mind yet? Is that your state of mind? The Empire State of Mind? I don't know. I was born and raised here, so I guess. <laughs> yeah. The Emp yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Uh, yeah. If you are watching us live, you're watching our live stream, uh, we stream to volume, Twitch, and YouTube uh, on a regular basis, sometimes at Facebook. We are on all there. Uh, there. Wherever you're watching us, uh, wherever you're listening to us, like, comment, subscribe, click the bell, click follow, uh, write a review. If you're listening to our podcast, we need some reviews. Uh, podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We are on five different, at least five different podcast platforms. So however you guys want to digest us, thank you for digesting us. Um, once again, this is the show uh, brought to you by The Keeg, where we talk about this, uh, this week's releases of comics. So we obviously do this every week. We talk about um, different comics and different releases and with a, a bunch of other guests that we rotate in and out. So Manny and Kyle, obviously, I would love to have you guys back. Uh, I don't think I need to even say that anymore. I rotate <laughs> you guys in and out and you guys do great. So thank you guys so much for, for coming on here. Uh, a couple other shout outs that I do want to do. Uh, if you are interested in comic books and want to know where your nearest comic shop is, uh, look up comicshoplocator.com. Find the comic shops that are in your area and find one that works for you. Each comic shop is a different vibe. It's not a franchise. So it's not like a McDonald's where, you know, you're always going to get the same chicken nuggets. They're always going to be different vibes. So find the comic shop that works for you. Um, we've, we've been putting together a list of, of safe and respectable comic shops that uh, we personally can vouch for. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll release that at some point. Comicshoplocator.com. 
Uh, and if you want to donate and give back to the Keeg, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the Keeg show. Um, look it up, go there, look it up, see what tier works for you. You subscribe to a tier uh, as low as $5 a month. Uh, you can give back to the Keeg because that's kind of what we need. We're not like, P we're kind of like PBS. We need some funding, you know, um, to, to be able to do more stuff. I would love to do more after shows, but we kind of need the, uh, the, the, the funding for it. There's also an upcoming thing for anyone in, in Southern California. WonderCon is April 1st to 3rd. The Keeg will be on the ground doing content, but we will also be throwing a WonderCon after party at Brewheim. It's a brewery down the street from Anaheim Convention Center on the night of April 1st, April 1st at 9 p.m. We're going to do a Keeg live show, which is our new show where we do it in front of a live, the live audience. So we're going to do a, do a Keeg live in front of a live audience on that after party. Uh, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff, including some goodies from Stream Lounge. You can find Stream Lounge at streamlounge.io. Uh, That's their website. It's a new app. Uh, definitely check them out. Okay, that was a mouthful. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Kyle and Manny, for being on the show. Once again, I'm your host, Thanks Dimitri Pereira. Yeah, no problem. Uh, 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 once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. This has been another episode of Comic Talk. Take care, everybody. Bye.